Welcome to the Bentonville Beacon, where we bring you success stories from business leaders and owners about their triumphs and growth in the Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas community. You'll hear about how Bentonville has been the backdrop for incredible growth, not only for businesses and their employees, but in their personal lives as well. Tune in, subscribe, and enjoy hearing about Bentonville, where you get more of what you want and less of what you don't. Welcome back to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast, where we're sharing stories and advice from the leaders behind the rise of Bentonville, one of the fastest growing and most dynamic cities in the United States, nestled in the Ozark Mountains of Northwest Arkansas in the heartland of America. Hi, I'm your host, James Bell, and I would like to introduce you to one of my many co-conspirators in town, Josh Saffron. Josh is Director of Plug and Play Northwest Arkansas. And Plug and Play is easily one of the most prolific early stage uh, investors and startup acceleration platforms in the world. The Plug and Play Network represents 50,000 startups, thousands of mentors, 500 plus world-class companies, and hundreds of venture capital firms, universities, government agencies, and the such across multiple industries. And how do you measure success as an investor? By your picks of unicorns, of course. And if that's a measurement, plug and play is exceptional. They have a laundry list of household names of their unicorn portfolio that you'll know, including Dropbox, Lending Club, Honey, Voodoo, PayPal, and many more. So let's get to this. Josh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, James. Yeah, you bet. So Josh, let's start this off with the easy question. What should our audience know about you? Talk about your your background and what led you to take the reins at Plug and Play Northwest Arkansas. Yeah, I've been in Northwest Arkansas for 12 years. Most of my career had been in CPG. I'd moved around quite a bit with companies like Colgate Palmolive. I moved here with the assumption I'd be here for two years and now 12 years later. You've heard that one uh-huh. or two times. So a lot of background dealing with calling on selling to Walmart and married, six kids, blended family. And my wife and I are very excited about the community and all the stuff that's going on here at this time. And I got a call late last year from a recruiter that Plug and Play was looking to bring in somebody that had a director, vice president level title that was heavily networked in the community. And I said, that's a great fit. So uh, I left my comfort zone of traditional CPG to come over to this VC-based company out of Silicon Valley and got a chance to lead this office. And here we are six months later. That's very cool. Well, before we dive more into plug and play, let's talk about your other venture. Every good entrepreneur has a couple of things going on, right? So talk about the Gents Place. So the Gents Place is, is really fun. My wife and I uh, opened this business four years ago called the Gents Place here. It's a barbershop meets speakeasy meets country club. It's a place where you can get anything and everything you want, ma- manly done, uh, hand repair, foot repair, which would be a, man- a, a manicure, pedicure for guys, shaves, uh, complimentary glass of bourbon, shoe shines, networking events. So we're, we've really done a good job of being able to bring like-minded gentlemen in one place to get grooming services done and network and do things within the community. Super passionate about charity and giving back. And, and it's just a cool, fun place to to hang out. And uh, four years in, and we're looking forward to the next uh, future four years immediately. That's very cool. I, I keep telling you I'm going to get over there and I just need to hurry up and do it. We'd love to have you. I mean, they just did a tacos and tequila um, with a sport car uh, member event two weeks ago. Like you wouldn't think that's something that you would do at a place where you get your haircut. Yeah, no, no, not at all. Well, hey, <laughs> let's get into plug and play. What, uh, talk about the plug and play story and maybe start with 
Saeed Amidi and what happened that sparked the rise of plug and play. Yeah, Saeed, uh, he, he's a very interesting individual. He's, he's very cool. His, his global Rolodex is like nothing I've ever seen before. And he was selling rugs at one point and hmm. happened to be in this building in, in Silicon Valley and was sharing it with Google at the time and, and became a, an early check into Google and thought, wow, this thing has some legs. I may be able to, to do some things with it. And now fast forward where you talked about the unicorns that we've been involved with and you did a good job of laying out that list. And he, he is a very impressive individual and it's such a unique, fun company to work for based on some of the relationships that we have around the world. Awesome. Uh, th- that's very cool. And, and I've, of course, been to Yo's headquarters in Sunnyvale and I've seen the more extensive list on the wall and all the corporate backers on the walls. And it's unbelievable. And we'll, we'll talk more about some of that in a bit, I guess. But uh, tell us how plug and play is different from others in this sort of acceleration space. What I like most about it is while we're working with cultivating and accelerating the startups, and then many will invest in, as you know, a lot of what we do is with corporate partners. Mm -hmm. And so what we'll do is we'll work with a corporate partner like a Walmart, like a Tyson, like a JB Hunt here locally. And we will talk to them about what are your pain points within the supply chain. So, hey, I'm struggling right now with XYZ and robotics in this warehouse. And then we will work to, to cultivate a list of startups, vet them for them, and then bring them to them in the form of a deal flow, where we're now the middleman and helping bring together this technology and innovation. So I love how different that is. Most, most folks are working specifically with the startups, mm-hmm. and we're working with the startups and bringing them to the corporate partners as it makes sense for both parties. So it's a win for Walmart in this example, yeah. because we're bringing them technology. It's a win for the startup because they don't have this relationship. So there's a, there's a lot of pluses for both sides in this. Well, it's also a win for any investor because you just seriously de-risk the deal. That's great. So give us an idea or give the audience an idea of the locations, some of the locations where plug and play is around the world and uh, the scope of the verticals that y'all cover. Yeah, I, we, we're in uh, 19 verticals. So here locally, we're focused on supply chain, mm-hmm. but we're looking to expand into other things like outdoor recreation and sure. healthcare. We have very established verticals such as ag tech, fintech, insure tech. We just started in crypto. We, we do a lot in many different spaces with 40 plus offices all around the world. So while Silicon Valley is the home office and we have an office here in Northwest Arkansas, if I wanted to pick up the phone and, and talk to our team in Germany about what's working with Mercedes, we have access to do things like that. So having a global company based out of Silicon Valley with a local hub here in Northwest Arkansas to me, is a tremendous value to everybody within our ecosystem. Yeah, you know, I, I saw the list on the wall and I looked at all these, this list of all these sort of giant cities. And then you see Bentonville and people who don't know just don't know. And so it's pretty incredible to see, you know, North or Northwest Arkansas is what it says, not Bentonville. But can you tell us, help the audience understand kind of why and how and when Plug and Play came to Northwest Arkansas? Yeah, some of my predecessors in 2018, they, they saw the, the vision here around help within supply chain, and they started working with uh, the Walton Family Foundation mm-hmm. and the Northwest Arkansas Council to be able to put the funding behind this to, to support this initiative here. And it takes a lot of people to be able to do that and support that. And what was nice about it was they invested in plug and play with an opportunity to bring startup technology here, to incubate and invest in startup technology here. And so now we're in year four and we've started to, 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 to leave the nest, so to speak, and be able to fly on our own and are working with partners with help from the foundation and mm-hmm. help from the council. But we've been able to now 
build a sustainable business model here uh, that we're going to move on our own, which is great. That's cool. So you've talked about some of your corporate partners here. You know, if you want to talk about those more, feel free. And also share about the startups that y'all have had in some of your batches here in Northwest Arkansas. Yeah, I'm excited because if you talk about a company like Walmart, who we spend a lot of time with here and, and you look, well, Walmart is so big and they're all about innovation, but everybody needs help. Everybody needs partners. Mm-hmm. So what we've done really well with Walmart is be able to have them understand that we are here with you for you. We want to be thought of as a team member. We want to be thought of as an employee. We want to be thought of as part of their own network. And they've shared transparently some of their pain points and challenges. And we've now built a strategy with them to help grow that and enable that and be able to be successful with them. As far as the batches go, we've done five batches here in the last few years with over 50 startups that have gone through two of the biggest successes, and they've all been wonderful, but we've had two of those companies, Platform Science and Strongarm, that have now been embedded inside Walmart. So they've actually been able to be uh, go through pilot and have rolled out within Walmart's uh, universe, which is super cool to be able to see that from the outside. Yeah, man, that is, that is some uh, fantastic success. I mean, startups want to be connected to customers, right? And you're actually pulling that off. And frankly, a lot of accelerators don't actually do that. They're focused on teaching folks to pitch or, or, or whatever. But at the end of the day, the only cash to me that actually matters is, is revenue or, or that should matter to startups, as a, I guess, as a measure of success. So kudos to y'all for pulling that off. You know, in addition to Accelerator Cohorts, y'all do so much more. You have events to sort of bring the startups even closer to the community and bring the, communities in, the community in, connecting the broader uh, the community. And I'll argue to the world from what I've seen from some of the events. Will you talk about how you're doing this? Talk about, I guess, the supply chain event that you had here earlier this year and the uh, outdoor recreation summit that you had here as well? Yeah, a lot of this stuff happens. We got a chance to go to your event the last couple of days, the, yeah. the tech summit. And, and it's interesting to watch the, the networking that happens. In, you know, somebody introduces somebody to somebody yeah. else. And the next thing you know, LinkedIn is being changed and, and business cards handed out and watching the symbiotic relationships build mm-hmm. and grow from it is so cool. So we believe in that quite a bit. So in April, my third week here, believe it or not, we ended up having a supply chain summit, which we do twice or once a year, excuse me. And we had uh, over 300 people in attendance with well attended by Walmart. We had John Ferner lead with a video and David Gugina who runs supply chain as a keynote speaker. We had a dozen startups in attendance. And this was one of the first live events that I've been to post-COVID. Mm-hmm. Very well attended with a lot of great things coming out of that. And then we said, well, we want to expand a little bit further outside of just supply chain. And so last month, we partnered with the Walton Foundation with grant money and to be able to do an outdoor recreation innovation event. And so we had over 100 key thought leaders in outdoor recreation space from Catherine Andrews, who works Mm -hmm. down in in government for Outdoor Rec. We had Robert Burns from the Walton Foundation on stage with me. And we brought in a bunch of really cool outdoor rec execs and a bunch of startups with three of those startups now planning to move here. A lot of that based on the activity that happened at that event. So those events are really good. And you see the proceeds and the expectations coming out for, for years to come, which I love. Uh, man, that's great. You know, and y'all do even bigger events. In fact, it was the event in April that persuaded me when you said, hey, you've got to come out to Sunnyvale and check out what we're doing out there with this even bigger, I guess, sort of worldwide event at, at your headquarters. You said, you've got to come. And I thought, 
this is a no-brainer based on just what I saw in Bentonville. Could you talk more about those events as well? Yeah, we're doing two of those a year. The one you went at the first time, and we're doing another one now, November 15th to 17th in Silicon Valley. We'll have all 18 verticals represented and teams from all around mm-hmm. the world with over 2,000 people in attendance. My favorite story that I, I tell from the first event, and I don't know if I, you and I have even talked about this, but I walked into that event. It was my first time being there. And Jerry Rice, a mm-hmm. Hall of Fame wide receiver, top three NFL player of all time, is standing there. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. We paid Jerry Rice to come speak. That's cool. Well, I'm three hours into this. Jerry Rice is nowhere to be found. He's as far as speaking goes, and he's in the back of the room. And then he moves to the front of the room, and he's sitting. And I talked to our chief revenue officer. Said, "Is Jerry Rice going to speak?" He goes, "No, he plays golf with Sid and myself, and he just wanted to come hang out and see what was going on here today." So you get a celebrity at that level wanting to come and be involved in startups and innovation technology, and he's there as as a viewer and a participant in this cool event. So. We bring a ton of people and we'd love to have you out again in November and and bring cool people with you. I would love to do that. I'm working on my calendar right now to figure it out. I I mean, I can justify it already based on the last event. One of the startups that I moved there has, uh, that that I met there, and I guess I really met them in April and then met them again in Sunnyvale and continue that relationship has confirmed they're going to have an office here. So cool, isn't it? Fist bump on that, right? Boom. Good job. This is why I consider you and, and and others of the community part of the economic development team. I mean, really, it's a team. It's a team affair, right? So, we talked about that event coming up. So, uh, how do y'all find portfolio companies? How do you source them? It's an interesting process. We have a ventures team that's solely focused. So, I try not to get too involved in that space because I'm really focused on our corporate partners. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is when we talk to our corporate partners and we say, what trends are paramount to you right now, we will then go out and source startups specific in that space. And if we find somebody that we like, that we believe in, that is in the right spot from an investment standpoint at that right time, pre-seed series A, at that point, we will, we will invest in them. So we have a ton of folks in what we call playbook, who are folks that are generally in our ecosystem, but there's really only a select handful that we will choose to make portfolio companies. And it's a lot of it's based on trends and what we're hearing from our corporate partners as to where they want to see uh, us focus on innovation. It's a whole different way of finding an ideal uh, company, right? A, a lot of folks focus on the size and about five other parameters, and and you're fo- focusing on solving real problems with real customers. Kind of neat. Well, like I said, as far as uh, I'm concerned, you're part of my economic development team. Thank uh, you. That's an honor. Well, I appreciate it make your best pitch for for Bentonville, for business leaders and, and startups. Why should they be here? This community is fascinating. It's like nowhere else I've ever lived. And I've lived in Minneapolis, Boston, Chicago, mm-hmm. New York. I've been in the big cities. What's, what's on the horizon to come here is, is so incredible. And the growth we've seen in the last couple of years is nothing compared to what's going to happen in the next few years. The cost of living here is great. The technology is coming here. Walmart's building their campus here. You have three major corporations in Walmart, J.B. Hunt, and Tyson all here. Anybody that sells to Walmart has an office here. So there's so many reasons to be here, but the Walton Foundation and the Walton family with the amount of investment that they're putting in and people wanting to do better and see growth. I know, by the way, when 30 new people are moving here every day, that also tells you that there's something good happening here. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's an incredible stat to me every time I hear it. (laughs) Somebody told me recently there's a there's a, a one new school that's opening here every year. I mean, if that's you think correct. about that for a second, yeah. 
I, where I grew up, there was one new school opened in 20 years. You got one new school opening up every year here that talks about the growth happening in this place. Absolutely same. And, you know, it's really this amazing mix of folks that are, are moving here. I mean, you add one new school a year, but there's almost 70 languages spoken, 70 languages spoken in Bentonville schools. Did you know that? I did not Isn't know that. Isn't that crazy? And what was and cool, it, what's interesting for me was when I started moving here, the ongoing story was James Bell moves here. What do you do? Do you, do you sell to Walmart or do you work for Walmart? And 90% you get that same answer. Yeah. And now you're getting people moving here for all kinds of different reasons. Yeah. So it's moved away from just the vendor Walmart supplier relationship. And you're getting this group of technology-based folks, outdoor recreation-based folks, all moving here uh, away from just the one reason people historically have moved here. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. So tell me a story. Make it a hashtag because Bentonville story. And so that would look like something that could only happen here or sort of describes the uniqueness or essence of this place. You remember when they talk, used to talk about like the six degrees of separation with Kevin Bacon? Yeah. Like anytime I'm out here somewhere, you run into somebody that is happy to talk to you, that wants to talk to you, that knows somebody who knows somebody that's moved here or moving here. And I just think that's so unique in this community here. I could be out and I'm nobody. You could be out and you're seeing these people and you start this conversation and all of a sudden it's business card. Let me connect you to this person. Let me pay it forward and connect you to that person. I've never seen anything like this, what, what's going on here, the way people interact, connect, help, and pay it forward. It's such a cool spot. It, it, it is. My wife hates going out with me for that reason. <laughs> now, she's gotten used to it, but no, you're right. It's, it's phenomenal. And people, people fall over themselves to help you with seemingly, I mean, they, they don't seem to want anything back. And, and I think it's, and I think I've mentioned it before, so these Listeners are probably tired of hearing me say it, but, you know, real builders are actually givers and they give almost more than they take from an ecosystem. They're not there to take, they're there to give. Uh, and it just results in so many amazing things. And so what we have really is a city of builders that have gathered to give and build a community. And it's, it's really special. That's a great way to look at it. And you and I chatted about a project at one point where somebody reached out wanting to move here and you and I moved heaven and earth yeah. to get meetings set up and dinner set up and connect with this person, that person. And that was just what we did. Like yeah. no one asked us to do it. We just said, I want to help. And it was a cool project. It was cool to work with you on that and try to bring this company here. And nobody paid us to do it. Nope. You know, we just thought it was the right thing to do. Yeah, exactly. And people went, yes. They didn't question it. They just said, yes, I'll do it. And you know, even without that, type of thing happening once folks sense that somebody wants to come here, everybody that finds out is kind of trying to help them with whatever they can so that they can make that decision. And it doesn't even look like selling. It's just, how can I help you? It's authentic. And yeah. you've lived in other places. Yeah. Like, did this happen in Memphis? No. <laughs> this never happened when I was in other places. Yeah. Authentically, I could pick the phone up in my Rolodex and call 10 people and they would be like, tell me what, tell me where, tell me when, tell me why. And they'd go and they'd be there. And I know you could do the same thing. And that's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It just made me think of, uh, you know, the, the thing I saw that I've seen in places all over is the gatekeeping aspect of it. Whereas here, largely, it's not gatekeeping. It's that's who you need to speak with. Let's go get them. And that person says, yes, because they know that, that there's a good reason to speak. If somebody wants to reach you or find out more about plug and play, how do they do that? 
Yeah, my email is j.safran, S-A-F-F-R-A-N, at pnptc.com, or go out and Google uh, Plug and Play and go on the website. It's very easy to navigate. We have a lot of people find us directly through the website and get in contact with the right person. So happy to reach out to me, happy to go directly through the company's website in California, but we will get you connected with the right people. Cool. Just a few more questions, but before we get there, what have I not asked you that I should have asked at this point? You already asked me where I get my haircut, which mm-hmm. is really cool and important. I, I can't think of much more. I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head. Those are the, those are the big things for me. I do have, you didn't ask me about my six kids uh, oh, and I would be, I, I would be totally in trouble with my oh, wife, yeah, Emily, if I didn't say we blended family of six, mm-hmm. th- uh, four, bo- four girls and two boys, three mine, three hers, all in the teenage years, all 11, almost teenage to 16. So it's, uh, it's a, a third full-time job, I would say, in being able to have access to all these kids and make sure they get from place to place. So a plug and shout out to my wife and kids. Doing a good job out there. <laughs> Sounds like a third and fourth full-time job. It's crazy. Um, we have a two-year-old boy at home. And I got to tell you, I love my wife. She's amazing because I don't know how I could do anything else if it weren't for her and my in-laws who live here in, in Bentonville as well and are probably at our house four or five days a week. So it takes a lot to raise kids. Well, and you know the value in yeah. in the time that you're, these experiences that you're providing to the kids. And and so coach my daughter's basketball team when I yeah. can, I'll get to my son's cross country race. My daughter wants to practice basketball with me on a regular basis. So these are the things that you have to do because yeah. it's, it's, it's so good and it feels so good to be able to do those things. Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, he's only two, so we're not quite there not yet. Not there yet. We're, we're still just we're running around. We're in the terrible the, twos. Yeah. It's not quite terrible, but he has his moments. But uh, we're just at the point where we're, you know, walking the Strider bike around the house and he's learning to pitch lately or throw balls lately. And he's got some pretty good hands for catching. He's got an arm. He's actually hurt me a couple of times. Try to make him a lefty. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Last three questions. How would your parents describe you? Uh, A handful. Highly energetic always joking. Uh, to me, I, I, I always say like, if you're not laughing, you're crying yep. and vice versa. So you want to be laughing as, as much as possible. We can't take ourselves too serious. Uh, I, when I still talk to my mom on a regular basis and I'll, I'll use her, her New York accent against her and try to try to make <laughs> her laugh, asking her what she had in her coffee for the day or what kind of pasta sauce she had. Oh yes. So it, listen, life is too short and you need to have fun with it. And um, I, I always try to make the best out of most situations. And, and my mom would say that I'm, I am the class clown of the, of the household. Excellent. Well, then I'll be disappointed if you don't say that this next person would, that you'd start, that they would star in a comedy, but who would play you in a movie? I get told that I look like uh, John Stewart or Scott Kahn. So they make a lot more money than I do. And I don't know if that's true or not, but my wife seems to think so. And she likes to have a Scott Kahn poster in the house to remind her of me when I'm not around. So, <laughs> so yeah, Scott Kahn or John Stewart would be the two that would hopefully play me in a movie. Excellent. Well, okay. Last question. What is something that founders aren't good at generally, but should be to make their startups better and to stand out and what should they do about it? So first of all, you and I talked about this a little bit off camera before we started is the ability to pitch and mm-hmm. pitch yourself and pitch your business. People will tune you out in, in two minutes if, if you don't have a command of what you're trying to do and have the confidence on your business. I think that's really important. Uh, I think being able to solve a real problem and being able to share what that problem is and how your product, your widget, your technology is going to solve that problem is very much paramount. 
and then having a good network of people to help you along the way. I think that's one of the things that Northwest Arkansas does so well, which we've talked about is founders are learning as they go and being able to have the right mentors and right folks to be able to help them is absolutely critical to their success. Networking and utilizing that group. Absolutely. Well, with that, Josh, I don't have anything to add to that. That was perfect. So thank you for your time here with me and with our audience. Really appreciate the wisdom that you've hopefully provided to somebody who needs to hear that at least that one message person. out there. <laughs> There's got to be somebody. We've talked about this before, even at the top of the show, that uh, you're one of my many co-conspirators here in Bentonville in economic development. And I really appreciate you and the work that your team does and the, the opportunities that, that we have to work together. Really enjoy it. Thank you. And I enjoy our time together. I, I find myself in your office quite a bit chatting yeah. with you and the team over there. So anyth- anything we could do to help plug and play with the chamber, we're happy to always do that. Awesome. Appreciate that. Well, with that, thank you to our Bentonville Beacon audience. If you like what you heard, share this episode or any of our episodes with your friends by text, email, social media, whatever it is that you do. And come back to hear more about Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas, where you get more of what you want and less of what you don't. And as always, hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player or go to BentonvilleEconomicDevelopment.com to see all of our episodes. Thanks and see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast. We hope to see you next week.